Hi, I'm Mick Conroy from Modern English, and you're listening to Jim and My Talk Music. special guest. He's one of the co-founders of the 1980s new wave band Modern English. They had a big hit in the U.S. back in 1983 with the song I Melt With You. He also performed with the band Lush and in 2018 he formed the band Poroshka with Lush lead singer Miki Berenyi. Let's welcome the Jim and Mike Talk Music, Mr. Mick Conroy. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> How are you today? I, I'm very good, thank yes, you. Yes, it's, yes, yes. Um, so uh, I'm in uh, upstate New York. Uh, so okay. we've been out, we've been to a barn sale and tag sales and all that stuff. You know, doing a Saturday morning stuff. So it's yeah. all good. Yeah, good weather for that. I was going to ask you about New Jersey. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I haven't been to New Jersey for uh, we were there about a month ago. Oh, okay. seeing a friend. Okay. West Orange. So are you, li- are you living in New York right now, New York State? Yes, I'm uh, upstate uh, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, uh, Columbia County. It's uh, very nice. It took me, I mean, I, I got here about two months ago from uh, in, kind of like half in England, half here mm-hmm. at the same time. So yeah. let's talk about your early days in music. You were born in England okay. in the early 60s in Colchester, uh, Essex, England, correct? That, that's where the band, that's, I, I was actually get this, I was born in Aden in southern Yemen, in okay. Yemen, which uh, my dad was in, was in the army, but uh, that we ended up in Colchester, okay. which uh, coincided with um, uh, the birth of punk rock, which was mm-hmm. quite handy, which meant that um, <laughs> anyone that found themselves could uh, pick up a guitar and uh, if you could play two chords that was enough to get you into a group yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in a, fact it's one a, chord enough yeah yeah it's a, a group <laughs> it's about the attitude so born in yemen you have citizenship where then in the uk uh uk and ireland so what kind of yeah. music were you listening to when you were uh young like a teenager uh well you uh slade uh okay. Slade, <laughs> uh, Deep Purple, Slade. Deep Purple, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, well, okay. uh, Slade, Slade were my uh, favorite band, and then um, uh, that uh, you know it didn't take long, you know Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, yep. stuff yeah, like that, kind of like you know English, English, uh, you know bands that uh, were quite popular in England. Um, then okay. of course David Bowie, David Bowie was a consistent thing, and Roxy Music, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to um, you know. David Bowie and Roxy Music were the when I when I was kind of like had enough money or it was you know Christmas if I got LPs it would be David Bowie. Mm-hmm. My first record I had was uh, Aladdin Sane, the Bowie right. album, and uh, you know Gene Genie Driving yeah. Saturday and all. Of them. Uh, but I, I had an old, older brother who was um, into um, uh, Yes and Genesis, right, and uh, right. ELP, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, you know, Foggy. Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, crazy triple albums and, you know, art, <laughs> right. you know, record sleeves. Uh, right, right. You know, that, you, you know, and yeah. And then I, um, me and my brother, we went to a boarding school in England and um, it was uh, quite a musical school, but there weren't that many kids there, you know, it was about 360 boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, it was, everyone was into music, you know, we, you know, you'd go around to have a, other mates, you know, they lived in other, you know, dormitories, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, there'd be a group of people that were into um, only Motown, you know. So mm-hmm. you'd hear kind of like Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, and um, you know, and kind of like you know, more more dance type music. Then there'd be people that were only into uh, funk. Mm-hmm. You know, so it'd be like all you'd hear is brass construction, yeah. and so and then there'd be like heavy metal people, you know, like Led Zeppelin and um, you know Black Sabbath. I mean, I I I did have a Masters of Reality when I was about mm-hmm. twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was, I mean, which is pretty out there. You know, I'd listen to Masters of Reality and then, you know, Nursery Crimes by Genesis, and then listen mm-hmm. to a David Live. You no, know, when you were that young, you were still kind of exploring. And then um, Velvet Underground and Lou Reed. I mean, right. Lou Reed had a great big hit, Walk on the Wild Side, that was oh, yeah. produced by um, David Bowie and Mick Ronson. So mm-hmm. you know, anything that David Bowie had anything to do with, like Mott the Hoople yeah. as well, all the young dudes. Mm-hmm. So then I got into Mott the Hoople mm-hmm. as well. A lot of the ones you mentioned, especially early on when you mentioned Roxy Music and David Bowie, uh, and now Lou Reed, you know, it's a lot of cutting edge. You know, they are they are definitely doing what they want. It's, it, they're putting yeah. that out there. I mean, for sure. Yeah. When I first heard Walk on the Wild Side, it really was like one of those moments where, um, you know, what the hell's going on here? You know, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, you know, around about the same time, also Barn by Crawford, who, um, you know, Crawford, when Crawford, I first Crawford, yeah, heard yeah. that, yeah. when I first heard that, it was a similar kind of thing. It was like, yeah. You know, there's no guitars and the yeah. drums sound really weird. Cutting edge, industrial that, and, and such. And I think I think we all go, you know, we everybody goes through this progression. You know, Jim and I were into, uh, you know, I was into the Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and mm-hmm. then Aerosmith, Boston and, you know, just all that, you know. And then you and you get turned on to something else. Like you said, you hear Walk on the Wild Side and you're like, what? What's he, what's he saying? Were the stations playing like craft work or you were out exploring, you know, buying albums well, or friends turned you well, on to? In England at that time, there was um, there was a radio. There was two two stations. There was one called Radio Luxembourg, mm-hmm. which was kind of like pop ish, but they'd play album tracks all the time. And then there was a, uh, what was called the pirate station called Radio Caroline. I don't know if okay. you've ever heard of that no, station. No. I've heard of radio. It was, uh, it was Radio Caroline was um, really uh, what, uh, before punk rock happened, that was where you'd hear, uh, they'd play like side two of Tales of a Topographic Ocean, you know, by mm-hmm. Yes, and then they'd play, mm-hmm. wow. you know, a whole side of ELP. Yeah. And, um, so <laughs> there, there was this station, but also at the, there was this guy, John Peel, who um mm-hmm. you probably heard an yeah, English yeah. DJ. Mm-hmm. He he would always play um uh 10 o'clock to midnight, he would always play um kind of like music that was you know, when you were a kid, everything was like brand new, you know, you'd never heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd he'd play um uh Funkadelic yeah. and uh Parliament and yeah. then play lots of sly and 
happy reggae stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you kind of like you'd listen to stuff and wait for him to play something that you might have even heard before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, quite often it was um, it was all stuff that, you know, a whole buffet of music to to try. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely, completely. I mean, John Peel when uh, previously he did he really championed Mark Bolan as well, T-Rex, mm-hmm. who um yeah. was produced by Oh, there's a Bowie connection there. Him and Bowie were mates, and Tony Visconti, who produced like the best Bowie albums, also produced the really early T Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex mm-hmm. records. Even though Tony Visconti was an American, he moved to London in the early seventies, and uh, he he was like um, he was out looking for new bands to um, record and produce as well. So uh, yeah. anything that had Tony Visconti's name on it was, you know, in those days you'd look at the back of the record sleeve to see the oh, credits, yeah. you know, yeah. who, who played the cello on on the, yeah. the, the record right. even, you know, you'd want, right. you'd want all the information possible. And that's what we missed, especially with streaming. We're missing that. And now getting back to vinyl, you know, it isn't just about the cover artwork. It's like you said, who paid, who played cello on track four? You know, who was that? Oh, there, you know, there it is. You know, we missed that for a while. Maybe eventually they'll add that, you know, Apple, Apple music just added, added lyrics. Yeah. You can, you can click on and the lyrics will come up. Yeah. It's good stuff. So maybe eventually they'll add. I I know. I, um, I, I kind of di- I, I've been discovering that lately. It's like you, you kind of accidentally touch your iPad, and suddenly <laughs> yeah. you've got lyrics. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> you can sing along. Do, do you know? So yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, yesterday I was just. Uh, have you heard of uh, My Bloody Valentine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of them. Okay, right. So I was listening to their first album. Uh, sorry, their second album yesterday, and. The lyrics are, you've got no idea. They could be singing, you know, what the ingredients of cornflakes are. <laughs> you know. But I accidentally pressed the lyric thing and it had all the words coming up. You know, and I was thinking, oh, that's what they're possibly saying. Yeah. Uh, just probably a month or so ago, one of our podcasts, we were talking about the uh, top hits from 50 years ago. And so, you know, I thought David Bowie was scatting on Golden Years. And uh, I thought he was doing a little scat there, my, you know, because it was an early album, a 45 that I had when I was one of my first albums ever. Let's see, Jim, was it uh, Come But Up My Baby? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I thought he was just scatting, but it's it's uh, something like uh, Come Something My Baby. Yeah, but I thought he was just Come But Up yeah, My yeah. Yeah, it's like there it is there's in the words, lyrics. words in there. Yeah, there's actual <laughs> words. <laughs> Golden years. Yeah, so interesting. So you're talking about some early times here. So, you know, I'm thinking about the the first band you were in and how uh or, or how how modern English is first the the lepers. Uh were, were they the lepers first and then you joined them, is that right? <laughs> well, they were the lepers and right. um I joined I I joined them whilst they were still the the lepers. Okay. So I I was a leper as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By this time, you know, punk rock had kind of, um, you know, Sex Pistols and The Clash and all of that had, um, right. they'd all released their first albums. And um, then we, uh, th- there was bands like, um, uh, you know, Susie and the Banshees mm-hmm. right. and Wire mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, and Joy Division and, right. you know, Bauhaus who were coming along, who were kind of like, who he joined, you know, they joined bands when punk rock was happening. And of course, you learn how to play your instruments a bit more. And um, 
you know, you kind of tune up <laughs> as well, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, our, 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 our path changed, you know. We kind of like wanted to be, you know, uh, you know, we wanted to keep ourselves more interested. You know, playing punk rock wasn't going to last more oh, yeah. than, you know, a year. Yeah. You know, so, um, I mean, it, we, we, you know, we still had, uh, you know, we were either on the dole or had jobs. We... Um, recorded our first bunch of demos and when we went into the studio we were called the lepers and what we recorded was completely and utterly un you know <laughs> punk rock it was kind of like quite experimental mm-hmm, right. and we thought well we've, we can't put we've got to change we've got to come up with a name basically it was a, a we come we were like brainstorming mm-hmm. which we didn't know it was called brainstorming at the time in those yeah. days it was called arguing and, uh, so we, we call it brainstorming you know, here in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we called it. Um, we ended up with the name Modern English. We um, uh, sent loads of uh, demo tapes. Uh, John Peel actually, we sent a demo mm-hmm. tape to. Then uh, we'd um, we did our first single on our own, uh, "Drowning Man," which was. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to it quite, uh, you know, more than two times, you'll realise that we didn't tune up. <laughs> before we recorded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounded good. Let's go. Um, uh, but then um, uh, we got a reply from um, uh, uh, Beggar's Banquet, two guys that worked there who um, had uh, Gary Newman, who was like a oh, yeah. a, a major pop star. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, cutting edge, these two cutting guys, edge, 79 and 80, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then uh, these two guys that worked in the record, they owned the record shop as well, Beggar's Banquet. And they started their own label, 4AD, and uh, that's based, they responded to us. And we, um, you know, they sounded, they were really nice people. And that basically we, um, you know, they wanted to put out a record by us. And then we mm-hmm. were like, great, you know, we'll, um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'd love it. That's what we want to do, you know, put records yeah. out. And at that point, your sound uh, was uh, was still uh, a punk hard edge sound uh, mixed with some other uh, mixed with some other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of our friends worked in a record shop, and uh, he seemed to know a lot about music. And we said mm-hmm. to him, "If you buy a van and a keyboard, you can join <laughs> our band." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for our and, listeners and those who are, you know, exploring music history, because, you know, we've got listeners young and old, but, you know, this is the beginning of the new wave. You know, it's what are you doing after punk? You know, what is what, you know, and this this new wave comes and uh, hence the the moniker. Yeah. The first album, uh, that was 1979. Well, that's when you got signed to the record label, right? Yeah. And yeah. Now that mesh and lace, yeah. I think that's. That sounds like an experimental album. But it was still more accessible than yes. what you were doing before. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's not punk, but it's <laughs> there's a lot of different sound effects. Yeah. You're trying out all kinds of stuff on that album. I mean, the one song, yeah. Gr- Grief, uh, yeah. I think that's unique because the, the vocals don't come in until like four minutes into the song. Yeah.
Yeah, that's not yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. typical. <laughs> I wanted to say something about that. Uh, the um, the uh, oh, he's traveling. <laughs> Our listeners, we're getting a tour of the that's kitchen. Fun. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm moving because it might be a better uh, reception at this end of the table. Okay. Tiny delay, but now yeah, now okay. Okay. sound sound better. The uh, the first album I uh, starting. Um, I believe it's the first one that we're talking about here. Yeah, Mesh and Lace. Mesh and Lace. Um, I thought it was uh, courageous. It was uh, uh, pretty wild to start the first song on the first album out with a tempo changing. I'm listening to it and <laughs> it starts speeding up within uh, within one minute. Uh, I think the first minute or second minute, uh, uh, you know, we heard that. And uh, what's up with that? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't mean to. We, we didn't have a click track or anything okay, like right, that. Right. It was right. just kind of like so it was, an it was you know, we we we. Uh, well, no, we, do you know what? I don't even think we really noticed until like later on. Yeah, we just yeah. wanted it to have you know be energetic. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that we did. I mean, we um, we didn't have much time to record that LP, yeah. so it was. And in in those days, we'd try and record everything live. You know, okay. like in the same room. Okay. Yes. And uh, you know, so, so, um, mm-hmm. but we rehearse, we rehearse all of the songs. So we kind of thought we've got like, you know, five takes. So we've got to get it yeah. right. Right, right. And it was almost like if everyone played the right part in the right section, that was a, a win for <laughs> us. And then, you know, if it sped up and slowed right. down, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounded, if it had energy going for it, you know, we'd say that's good enough. Right, you know, right. It sounds noisy and raucous, and it has you know feeling as well. Right, and the first yeah, song it, it did yeah. it did keep a good tempo and kept going consistent. And so you know it is it's a it's an interesting thing to try. And there it worked. You sped up and you kept it that way. So you know it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were those songs that you already had you were playing out live, or did you write some of them? Yeah, in the studio. Hmm. No, uh, pretty much all of those songs we we played live. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like your first album is basically the, your kind of like two years worth of songs. Oh, yeah. Everything and, you got. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, we did have one or two that but the studio dates got put back by about two weeks. And so we thought, well, let's try and write some more songs. I can't remember exactly which ones they were, but we did. There were a few there. Like I think grief 
was mm-hmm. uh, might have been a late addition as well. So now your your second album, even though it was um, you were signed to Four AD, right? Uh-huh. But in the in the yeah. U.S., it was released by Sire Records. Yeah, and Sire had um, the Cure, Depeche Mode, and even Madonna, you know, thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So now the the second album was a little different than the first album, mm-hmm. and Robbie Gray is quoted as saying, "We used to think God will never make a pop record. We're artists, <laughs> but things don't always turn out as you planned. And when you actually create a pop record, it's so much more of a thrill than anything else." Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, we uh, for the I mean for the second album we um, uh, approached Hugh Jones who uh, had. Uh, produced uh, just recently at that time produced Heaven Up Here by Echo and the Bunny Men okay. mm-hmm. which was um, a great record and he'd also worked um, with Steve Hillage who did um, the, quite a few Simple Minds LPs mm-hmm. from the you know before they became mega famous yeah. you know in, in England but they they all sounded so amazing the sounds and um, uh, Hugh, with Hugh, he, um, we, we did about the opposite to Mesh and Lace. We actually worked with Hugh in rehearsals. We deconstructed all of the songs and put them back together again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in some cases, we'd take out a section from one song and put that in a different song completely. Oh, okay. And so, so the whole thing was like edited together yeah. and taken apart and re-edited together before we got into the studio. And um, with... Um, I'm out with you. Uh, he, he said, have you got any more songs, you know, that we need to look at? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, there's this one thing that's we've got kicking around. But I think it sounds a bit too poppy anyway. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we played it to him. And Hugh said, you're out of your mind. You know, we, this is, we've got to work on this song. <laughs> and um, then we, we, we just carried on. But when we recorded the LP, I mean, that wasn't one of the most kind of like, the best songs, most interesting songs for us to work on. It we we considered it to be part of the album, but a bit kind of like um, uh, Birds REM Radio Free Europe type, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feel to it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we had no idea what was going to happen. Absolutely mm-hmm. no clue whatsoever. You know, then it uh, the reason it came out on Sire was because um, you know they, Sire had a. Uh, talking Heads and the Ramones, you know, yeah. two of my favourite bands as yeah. well. So, um, you know, I thought, well, you know, what a cool label to be on. And um, oh yeah, they. It's funny, funny you should mention Madonna. I saw her first um, <laughs> public performance as Madonna on Sire at uh, Danceteria, and uh, she oh. did uh, "Everybody Come and Dance with Me." I think with a couple of dancers she mined as well <laughs> it's like the opposite of scatting it's miming mm-hmm. yeah. Her lips yeah 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 oh that's yeah. great it's great to hear uh your 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 love for all these other bands too and uh like you said talking heads and rem and you know jim and i have had all the other bands that you've mentioned you know we've had them on vinyl as well and uh it's a great connection. Great uh-huh. to hear what it's like in the studio. So for that second album, you know, just really taking it apart, putting things back together again. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. With a click. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the song I Melt With You, which if anybody doesn't know this song, yeah. you know, I don't know where you've been, but... <laughs> Dream of better lives, the kind which never happened. 
is this a song that you felt could be a hit or did this stand out over all the other songs or or did well, it just happen it was um well no it can't it we, we um went to wales uh, rockfield studios in wales it's the oldest where zeppelin recorded a lot of stuff and uh you know uh we um went we were away for six weeks and we were like in a cocoon in a bubble. right right doing that and, recording. Uh, it, when we, yeah and then when we got back to london we um no, we played it to some friends, and uh, uh, you know, some some people were a bit like, "Oh, this is a bit poppy, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. And other people were like, "One of my two people in particular uh, were um, when they first heard it, you know, they thought, wow, this is incredible. It's like it sounds like you learned how to write songs <laughs> suddenly.' <laughs> uh, well, it's not always the most interesting songs that make the hits. You know, I melt with you is, you know, boom, click, boom, click, boom, click. You know, people, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they like that. There's a certain the certain boom, boom click tempo. Uh, yeah. That that's like, yeah, OK, I like this, you know, but it's it's not that interesting, you know, wild drumming and, and interesting, uh, you know. <laughs> bass solo <laughs> you know <laughs> but it but it but it's yeah sure you flow around you know you're flowing around on the bass and people are hearing that i think but uh but yeah you didn't it's a surprise to you that's it's so it's so interesting that the number one hit there is a, yeah, a surprise yeah. we had no idea yeah no idea now do you know this song is ranked at number 39 on vh1's top 100 greatest songs of the 80s Cool. Oh, really? I thought you were going to. It's number uh, three. I thought you were going to say the greatest one one hit wonders. No, of the no, no. Yeah. That's a terrible phrase, isn't it? But That's this, a terrible but phrase. But this this song has a life of its own. And, yes, and yes. I have to tell you. Tell when, us about it, Jim. This this song it, is is yeah. It's I, a I've always wonder. loved this song. I mean, whenever you hear it, you obviously think of the '80s. But it's a song that you can't get out of your head either, and it's a good thing because it's a good song. <laughs> When you can't get a bad song out of your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't mention the the unmentionables. But, but this song yeah, okay. has lived on in that. I mean, it was in Valley Girl, which was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Stranger Things. And just a week or two ago, it was on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Do you know that, Mick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The season okay. finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. You yeah. saw that. I know. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I... Um... Uh, you, you know, Robbie's back in uh, England, and I, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. me and him, we, you know, messengering and all that. And yeah, I yeah. said to Rob, it's, "It's it's quite a big deal, Robbie. You know, it's in USA mm-hmm. Today and TV Insider magazine." Yeah, it came you up know, on they, my phone. I'm, I'm looking and I'm thinking about Mick. You know, it's on my phone right there. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, you guys did a better job than she did. I mean, some of the people on that show. <laughs> Do you do you watch that show though, or Jim you... watches all the time? I just catch a little bit, but he... I've watched it from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. oh really? Yeah. No, I'm. A, I, I I have to confess that I am. Um, I haven't. You know, I don't. I'm not a, a follower of that show. It's but, an interesting um, I, show. I, I'm not, yeah. She hears what people are thinking, but in a song like time stops. Mm-hmm. But the finale and spoiler alert is that spoiler alert for the first time her was her ex-boyfriend sort of on off. He can hear her singing this song. And that's different. She's not just singing the song, like nobody else can hear it but him, which is, which is odd. So now he's got the power. Oh, 
through I melt with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And Poor that was boat. the grand finale. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it was. Um, it. Yeah. I mean, that. It's. Uh, I mean, that song has a a life of its own. Oh yeah. You know, it's like something that something that recreated. I mean, people mm-hmm. say you hear it all the time. You know, it's like it's. Um, you know, it's it's out there mm-hmm. now without sounding too much like a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, every, it's everyone's song now, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about being out at clubs and uh, being a young adult, and uh, you know that song comes on along with along with some others because you know if you're in a at the time if you're in a, a cool new wave alternative club versus just the regular pop clubs, I don't know what year this would be. I guess it'd be eighty five, nineteen eighty five or something. Yeah. Um, no, no, I don't mean when it came out. Oh, but okay. Yeah, I mean yeah. you know playing the song in clubs and stuff, and uh, you know that would get people out on the dance floor. You know that that's there's. It's just, you know, one, you know, you can sit back and listen to and talk to somebody or you can get out there and dance. And I think it it brought the people out. Let's switch over to, if I can, uh, switch over to uh, playing live. You were, uh, what, do you have any uh, a story from a time you were out playing live? Something, uh, something a little bit uh, we haven't heard before. Uh, anything like that? Well, um, we, I mean, this is kind of like going back to that period. Where, yeah. So, I mean, when... When we were in um, England and Europe, we, uh, you know, we were pretty much seen as like a 4AD type band. So there was like us, the Cocteau Twins, mm-hmm. uh, the Birthday Party, which was Nick Cave's band and Bauhaus. And uh, so the audiences were, um, uh, you know, it's almost like a, if you could imagine Lisa Simpson, you know, in a beret and a cigarette being very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. And then um, we came to Florida to play this thing called Spring Break that we'd mm-hmm. never heard of. <laughs> yeah, before. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's and, different. Uh, that's very different then. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know. And uh, we, um, we'd, we'd previously played in uh, London at the Institute of Contemporary Arts. Sounds very grand. And uh, so we did the same set in, Fort, in Daytona Beach. So I Melt With You was like the fifth song in, in the sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we were playing, you know, our doom and gloomy type stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we played I Melt With You and the entire place <laughs> went completely insane. Yeah. You know, right. We, I can we, picture. We'd, we'd never seen anything like it before in, you know, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And uh, we, me and Robbie were just dumbstruck yeah you know, we were like staring at each other like what the <laughs> yeah yeah and jim and i can imagine that because you know jim and i jim and i lived yeah. that and so we can imagine that that the general population because you are you are not that is not an alternative new wave punk crowd this is you have about three quarters yeah. of them being pop being just in, you know, they just yeah, want yeah. to know yeah. the latest dance and Paula Abdul and Madonna and Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. And so, and so about one quarter of them would know some, uh, what we used to call really cool music, you know, and so that, that, that's, uh, you got three quarters of them up knowing, I know this song. Mm-hmm. I know this song. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is so cool. It was, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, so it has to be said that after um, that night, uh, 
we uh, put our note review at the end of the sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To tease them, make them wait. Delayed gratification, yeah, yeah. kiddos. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, kind of like, you know, here's another here's another song off our new album, kind of like, yeah, and then yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now, was that now your first time touring the U.S.? No, that was our, um, well, it's, it's like Mike was just saying, you know, with the, the, there was like the cool, cooler people that listen to WLIR, you know, in mm-hmm. Long Island, and then there'd be mm-hmm. stations in Boston. We did two tours of the East Coast, you know, like Boston to... Um, Washington DC mm-hmm. uh, before after the snow came out. So and it was only for people that were hardcore for AD people that would buy imports and um, you right. know really um, you know listen you know look look hard for uh, you know what was happening in England kind of mm-hmm. people. Did you tour for your first album though, or, or was did the second album? Yeah. Is that when you first toured the US to support the second album? <laughs> No, 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 no. We, no, we did uh, Mesh and Lace. We did uh, an East Coast tour. Oh, okay. In, um, uh, I mean, it was you know there weren't that many people at the gigs. I can uh, right, safely yeah, yeah. Uh, say. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, but the ones that were there were kind of like die-hard four uh, mm-hmm. AD people and people that oh, were going okay. to see yeah. any English band. Yeah, yeah. Playing. And this is the time of, uh, you know, you're promoted by the the cool record shops, the great record stores. You know, there's the the uh, the mom and pop, you know, well, not exactly, but, you know, mom yeah. and pop son <laughs> as a cool record store. Yeah. But uh, then also college radio, you know, it was in the U.S. It was I, I didn't hear of a good uh a commercial radio station playing great stuff till uh, KROQ, I think it was in uh, near L.A. because it was yeah, yeah. It, throughout the whole mid 80s. It was just college radio playing great stuff, great colleges, people yeah. putting out some really good yeah. stuff. So, yeah, that's how, you know, for our listeners, you know, wondering what's going on in this time in the mid 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's that's what's happening. So that that's where you'd be heard. So it would have to be you're playing these you're playing these gigs and every dozen people that get out there to listen to college radio. Yeah. yeah. They're not listening to the classic right. rock. Yeah. Oh, it's now the classic. <laughs> yeah. Rock. It was no. it's called rock. Yeah. No. I mean, we have a station no. here in, yeah. in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We're in New Jersey, but it's close by, but I, I, I'm telling you, you put the radio on and it's like, they have the same 50 songs. They, I don't know how, they're still going, but it is the same. It is the same fifty songs from forty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Mick? You had something there. Yeah, about um, uh, college radio. I mean, yeah. on on the first trip we made to America, in our um, van, we only had um, an AM radio station radio on the, the mm-hmm. in the van. So I'm sorry to hear that. Was um, <laughs> stay away to heaven. So it was only the second time that, that we discovered like FM, FM radio, yeah, and college stations. So you know, yeah. we 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 weren't sure what was going on either. First <laughs> yeah. time we came to America. Modern English is it's not just a new wave band because I know I noticed some other influences, musical influences, and uh, just the other day I was there's a song it's on everything is mad. I don't know. Are you on that right. album? Okay. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Is that a good thing, Jim? But do you do you know the song "I Can't Breathe"? 
Uh, I, I, I have heard it a couple of times. I'm only asking because if you aren't on the album, you might not, if you don't play the song live or something, you know, you might not know it. No, no, no. We don't play any of that live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all the trees are brown, like that. Well, well the, when I first listened to it, I thought it was another song. It sounds exactly like the, Ever- the Everly Brothers, Kathy's Clown. Kathy's Clown. Okay, but, but since you're not on the album, I, I, I guess you probably don't know much about if that was a coincidence. No, or just... uh, I, well, I don't know. Is you know how um, sometimes I mean there is uh, two albums that me and Rob we uh, I I'd, um I was playing with other groups at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, and Robbie continued. Okay, and um, he made he made so he made two records, I think, and. We uh, that 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 particular album you just mentioned, Robbie never ever mentions it. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe this other song too is on. Uh, I was surprised because Modern English does "Game of Love," which is a '60s song. Yeah, not not uh, not Santana. That's not the same. Wayne Fontana and the okay. Mindbenders song "Game of Love." Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, you don't hear many, I don't think, new way. Like, you don't hear Depeche Mode doing, uh, you know, 60 songs. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, uh, Robbie has, um, uh, he, his uh, musical tastes are, you know, quite um, eclectic as okay. well. Okay. You know, some, yeah. some, some days he'll uh, only be into punk rock, and other days he'll only be into um, uh, 10 CC. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> When you perform live, do you do you work in any cover songs, or is it all modern? Uh, well, uh, we we uh, did uh, Gene Genie oh, okay. on uh, one tour. You know, when a Bowie died, okay. you know, it was like everyone and their dog doing a Bowie song. So, um, yeah, that I, um, that that's about the only uh, cover that we've done. Really, mm-hmm. we, we don't do covers yeah okay. it's too much hard work yeah <laughs> if you try and do a cover song there's always someone in the audience that says that's actually an e flat minor oh, you should yeah. have been playing yeah yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah 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 tell us a little about this 80s cruise it's next march have you have you done the cruise before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah we, we did one uh, uh about uh four five years ago Okay. It was, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. How did it go? Oh, uh, it was, I mean, I've, I mean, I've never been on a cruise before. It okay. Was, uh, yeah, I haven't. You know, I'd, never, I'd never been to the Caribbean. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I've got a studio in England, you know, a small space, and, um, you know, where it rains all the time and it's really cold, England. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and one, there's the Caribbean. One day yeah. I was in there. You know, I got an email from my manager and he said, fancy going on a cruise. <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guests and the crowd, they uh, were they uh, complimentary? Were they uh, fun to hang out with and such? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it's like, well, it's impossible not to have a good time when you're kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, you know. I've seen say, cruising, you know, <laughs> it's wild. I mean, it was... Um, you know, white sandy beaches with palm trees. It was like um, it was like watching a James Bond film. You know, it was like we're from England, where uh, it rains every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you get you get some downtime where you can you know lay on the beach 
or <laughs> enjoy beach time? I'm not a beach kind of person, but uh, <laughs> you know, just just being able to be there and um, feel right. the sun, you know, think, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, you know, very very nice. Now it's probably cool to reconnect with some, maybe some of these bands that you maybe toured with too, and you haven't seen oh, yeah. in a long time. Because I think the yeah, yeah, yeah. the one in March is Berlin, the Alarm. There's like three MTV VJs. Oh, cool! On there, mm-hmm. and uh, A ABC are going on yeah. it, I think, aren't they? Yeah. And um, uh, Belinda Carlisle oh, is yeah. going to be there as well. We and uh, and the Human League, who are yeah. um, incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, that will, you know, they Human League was a kind of bit like modern English. They started off being really weird and wacky uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah then you get you get a hit and uh you know you just uh yeah look at that and say wow <laughs> so there's a there's a dvd coming out is that correct modern english uh it's a live dvd yes. and is this is this yeah. a combination We've, of shows or is it one one concert or is it a combination no it's um no, it's one concert. We, um, because of, you know, COVID, like most people, we had a schedule planned for um, last year. And uh, we'd um, basically, we uh, repackaged After the mm-hmm. Snow okay. and uh, Mesh and Lace, Ricochet Days, the, the third album. And um, we were supposed to go on tour and play After the Snow in its entirety for, um, you know, a tour across America. And uh, that just couldn't happen because of... Um, covid and um, you know it was uh, the the only way we could kind of you know we we played together so much you know modern english we rehearsed together we you know we're you know we're still old friends Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it was almost an excuse for us to get together as well we recorded it at um the o2 in london at a place called indigo which is part of the dome in inside an amazing venue Mm -hmm. and uh you know it was um a kind of uh, it's just some, I mean, it was like normally, we, you know, each year we do about two or three tours generally. Okay. And uh, so for months and, well, a year, we've only done one concert in like a year mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was quite good that we were able to kind of, um, you know, market, you know, and kind of say this is what we did during COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So, now- were you working on a new album during COVID, or was that recorded before? Yeah, well, that that was recorded last uh, September. I mean, okay. there there was um, a lot of uh, planning and production had to go into it because of um, you know, like in England, all of the law, you know, the rules were changing every week. You know, yeah. one minute oh, you were allowed to um, go to the shop, next minute you weren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, can, you had to stay mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. and uh, so. I mean, the fact that we were able to pull it off was quite good. But me and Robbie have, um, and Gary, I mean, it was like, for the last year and a half, it's been so wild, you know, it's like the the rules change all the time, Mm -hmm. where you could, you had to stay at home, or if you had a dog, you could go out twice a day, take the dog (laughs) for a walk. Yeah, get a dog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've got a dog. But but there was a period where we we were allowed to go to work, and um, mm-hmm. so my studio was, you know, it was, our, you know, work. So me, Robbie and Gary got together. We spent, we had six weeks of um, writing and recording uh, demos. So we have got, we have material for our next album, which hopefully we're, we're going to start recording in September mm-hmm. this year. 
Do you have a title for the album? Can you tell us the title or you don't have a title? No. (laughs) No idea. The the titles for LPs have decided like four weeks after they've been recorded. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like they they decided when the printer wants to know what to print on the sleeve. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like a visual artwork, uh, however that might be. You know, you you create your artwork and then you title it. You know, a lot of artists do that. It's not like I'm going to have a title and now I'm going to create this uh, 3D or or 2D, you know, visual art. You know, you, you just come up with a come up with a name for your work at the end. So you've been pretty busy because you've also worked on another album with um, Paroshka. Is that am I saying that right? Yeah. And uh, that's the second album. Yeah. And that that sounds yeah. like it's pretty much completed because that comes out in July. Yeah. That that um that was um we'd also um started recording that just as uh, coronavirus was starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we ended up recording, uh, finish, finishing that just recording-wise, finished it just as the lockdown in England was coming into effect. Okay. And uh, any last bits and bobs, we'd had to, we had to record ourselves at home and then send them to um, the studio engineer, who then had to take the studio apart and take it back to his home basically and so his, mm-hmm. his you know his uh, spare bedroom became the studio and we <laughs> we didn't see him i haven't seen him since the last day of recording and he, we told him to mix the whole thing because oh, okay. he was he's the one with all the equipment so, yeah yeah uh, that's finished the album that that's uh, coming out in july excellent as well during uh, the lockdown last year you did a um a lockdown version of i melt with you and the proceeds went to the National Independent Venue Association. So yeah. a lot, a lot of musical artists were pretty much out of work, unless you, you know, you had the opportunity to record an album. But uh, you know, some bands may not have that opportunity. But so I'm assuming the organization um, helps musicians get back on their feet again. Is there anything you can tell us about the organization? I know it's through yeah. donation. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Nate, I mean, not, not only is it the the musicians who um, were suddenly out of work, it was, you know, I mean, you know, every time you see a concert, there's the lighting oh, guy, yeah. there's the tour manager, mm-hmm. there's the catering, there's, um, you know, the monitor person, you know, the monitor man or monitor woman that yeah, side of yeah. the stage. That makes mm-hmm. sure, you know, it's like there's... I mean, so so much happens, you know, backstage yeah. to make the performance of the concert and the enjoyment of the audience. And um, you know, quite quite often when um, you know, people go to concerts, you you don't consider those people, you know, how um, you know how the amount of work they put. I mean, someone has, you know, when you turn up at the venue, there's some guy who's been there since like. 11 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that the doors are open when the band and yeah. the crew and the PA and yeah, and you have people, people uh, w- waiters and waitresses, cooks, mm-hmm. cleaners, parking lot attendants. I mean, you've got all those people. Yeah, we were last night, we were watching the um, the pink documentary. It's a new documentary on the oh, okay. and it's a behind the scenes of her last tour. So you get to see oh, wow. everything that has to go on to, to make mm-hmm. the show, especially her show. Yeah. She's got the acrobatics going on. Oh, wow. But she did mention yeah. she has like 150 people, I think, that are depending on her. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that, yeah, a lot of people don't yeah. think of, yeah, when you go to a concert, you're just thinking of the band. But, 
a lot of people. When we did our uh, After the Snow concert for, um, you know, the DVD, most of the people that worked on the, the crew, the stage, the, the film people, the recording, the audio people, I mean, they, that was their first day that they'd worked in like nine months oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, they, it was like you're watching these people, like, you know, people who, um, you know, hump equipment around, you know, push mm-hmm. stuff. You know, they hadn't, they hadn't seen each other for like months and months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for them, it was just, uh, you know, a confirmation that, you know, what they do is just as important, you know, right. as, right. you know, if they, if they weren't there, none of us would have been there. Yeah. It's revitalizing for them. It's rejuvenating for them. Good to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked so much about music, so much about music. Mick, what are you doing when you're not making music? What else? What else are you Any making? hobbies? <laughs> Uh, well, um, it's you know, it's like right right now. It's all a bit uh, strange because uh, I, I'm over here in uh, uh, New York with uh, my fiance Michelle, who's also the Modern English Tour Manager. So, um, oh, that's you know, we've known each other for yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But um, in the UK, I uh, we um, have uh, uh, we we live on a small boat with um, uh, a dog. Basically, really? and uh, we kind of, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see that coming. I yeah, thought you yeah. were going to say, you know, about a nice little stone home up in the hills. But no, you live on a boat. Excellent. What's yeah. your dog's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skipper. <laughs> <laughs> on the go. boat. <laughs> so you do a lot of fishing on the boat? Well, no, I, well, no, no fishing. Just, uh, you know, walking. And uh, I mean, okay. also, I have a studio quite, quite close by. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much it's like a... I, I I um live and breathe music. Really, yeah, I, okay. I, I'll watch new watch news programs and read the newspapers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I like um thing um, things that interest me. You know, like uh, nature, art, architecture. Right. You know, hanging out with friends, and um, right. you know, so I'm in two bands at the moment. Yeah. So you know, yeah, yeah, I, I must really busy. like music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just checking that out because the boat, that's what I was fishing for, something like the boat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in yeah. New York State, uh, we have a, an old friend that went to a college up in Oneonta, New York, at Hartwick College. And that's pretty much the center of, of New York State, but uh, some beautiful places up there, too, as well, to, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, travel around, see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean we're, we're just on the other side of the river, from uh, the Catskill Mountains, and uh, you mm-hmm. know it's it's gorgeous up here. You know, we we me and Michelle, we um, you know, we we do lots of exploring. You know, going out, looking, and yeah. seeing what's going on uh, in the countryside. Yeah, excellent. As well, excellent. So, um, anything we missed? Do you think that you wanted to talk about, or have we covered? Well, I mean, I I think um, uh, I mean one thing that we are excited about is we we are actually touring. We're beginning to, you know, we have dates booked. We start mm-hmm. on the thirty uh, first of August okay. in the Turf Club, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and then we're um, kind of like going around, you know, the east side. We're okay. playing in uh, Detroit, Chicago, New York, Asbury Park. Yeah, oh, okay. We're playing in yeah. September. You know, if you're nearby, pop by. Yeah. What is the and, uh, venue in Asbury Park? Asbury Lanes. Oh, okay. I think it's. Called- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Sounds like a bowling alley. Yeah, whenever I hear that name, but you know what? You know what? Yeah. No, tell us about it. I mean, I I, I played there before. It's actually, um, I think it used to be a bowling alley. Okay, that would there make sense. Go, yeah. 
I mean, it's like, I mean, the, the, the you know, when, when you play venues and it's got bar and grill written after it, yeah, you know, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least I'm going to get some food. <laughs> so where, where can our listeners find Modern English? I mean, you have a website. Um, I know you have an Instagram. Yeah, yeah and uh, we have a Facebook page okay. as well, Modern English. Facebook, and then they can uh, check out the dates uh, for the upcoming shows and... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, we do have a website. It's modernenglish.me, M-E, which is okay. like pretty out there. Quite easy to find. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Thank Excellent. you, Mick. Excellent. It was great talking to you. Brilliant. Great, great talking to you as well. Hopefully, we'll see you. See you live. Yeah. All right. Take care. Okay. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank okay. you, right. Mick. Bye. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. The songs Moonbeam, Grieve, Gathering Dust, Melt With You, and Ricochet Days. Use your permission from Mick Conroy.